0: Episode 2 I know it's been a long time coming It has been Let's let the beat ride one time This is episode 2 of the podcast Where I grew up to. God, that is so fly That is so... That is so Los Angeles right there. Sunny day, no traffic, cruising down the 405 down to the 101 South. Yeah. That's what you call a very beautiful instrumental right there. Wow. It's interesting because I actually made that instrumental back about uh, about a year ago. Yeah, I made that instrumental about a year ago. Uh that was something that I was really into. I was really into making beats for such a long time. I was really into that. I started off, before I even got into this photography thing, I started off making, making beats way back in the day. And I remember I used to start off with the actual, uh, my first drum machine that I got was called an MV8800 made by Roland. And then after that, I got into an MPC-2000, and then I got the MPC-3000, and I moved on from there. I think the one that really established the sound to my ear was owning a drum machine called an SP-1200. Now, that drum machine was used by Dr. Dre, was used by DJ Pooh, it was used by DJ Quick, DJ Muggs of Cypress Hill. Like, all the early hip-hop stuff that you hear in the early 90s was off of that drum machine. And to sample sounds into that was the most challenging thing ever, and I think that's what formulated my ear into production. I I feel like production plays a big, heavy part if you want to get into any type of other arts. Like as far as music's always been my thing. I've never built a career off of music, but I got to tell you, it formulated me into becoming a photographer that I am today because I always carry that rhythm and I always carry that beat whenever i'm out there shooting photos i always think that it's a uh, it's a great thing to actually have and to to actually encompass like as far as music goes and the, the 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 artistic creative aspects that come from that it was always it was always a it was always a challenging thing for me to go out there to go hunt for records to pick up all the records that i've never even heard of you know i would base everything off the the album cover that was an interesting time when I used to go record digging was actually basing everything off of the actual record cover. Like there were certain things that I would look at and I would say, I don't have no idea who this artist is. And you base it off looking at the record. And again, that formulated into art. Somebody had to take that picture. Somebody had to design that. I think the best cover albums were from, the 70s, from the 80s, oh, especially the 80s, boy, was it, like, completely bougie. I mean, it was so fly and silky and bougie and gold and money, like, I've never, just something about 80s album covers resonates me so well when it comes down to, like, listening to funk, listening to oldies, r and I mean, even freestyle records it was a good time. I still listen to those things now because the, the the new music that the new music that came out recently, I'm just not really into. Like I look at all these new artists that come out, right? So I'm 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 over here I'm browsing looking at new artists. Now say if I, you know I have Apple Music, so I go check out all these new artists that come out and it's just it's it's something that I'm just not, I can't, I can't stick with. Like I go into hip hop and rap, right? You got Gunna and you look at the album cover and it's like, it looks so cheap. That's not like a album cover you want to print and put on your wall. I mean, different strokes for different folks. Another man's trash is another man's treasure. But I mean, like even the name, Gunna, want That's the album of the name, Gunna, Wanna. And then you got another guy, Key Glock, Son of a Gun. What an... I mean, I could just imagine just sitting in the studio and and it's like, yo, Key Glock, what are you going to name your album? Son of a Gun? Huh. You're going to name your album Son of a Gun? (laughs) It just fascinates me. And you look at the album cover and it's a picture of him as a little boy with his mom. That's in jail. Like I could see that. That's, that's, that's pretty cool, but it looks too, it looks like somebody did it off juxtapose off the, 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 the Apple application. Then you got Russ and it's a, you look at the album cover. It's called shake the snow globe. This this is stuff I don't want to listen to. Russ shake the snow globe. What? What does that even mean? shake the snow globe. (laughs) This hip hop stuff that I'm seeing in this generation is just so basore. So basore. Young MA, red flu. My Lord. Like, how do you, how do you come up with an album name called Red Flu. Like you're just sitting over there in the studio. Hey, young MA, what are you going to call your record? Red Flu. Oh, Red Flu. Hmm, interesting. And then it just goes on. It just, it starts getting more trashier and trashier, like Traptease Kai, Lewd Foe, uh, KSI, Fast Cash Boys. Like, no, no I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to listen to... I what I have over here is I have D train, some funk, Odyssey, Inside Out, Shalimar, Shalimar, the National Four. The, I mean, excuse me, the natural four. I listen to a lot of old school funk. It's just it's my thing. Michelle rush hour traffic. It's good stuff. Brother Lin Chung, 24 Deep. I like that. I I love that early that early 90s, way throwback, early 80s funk, like that's, that's my shit right there, I I really enjoy listening to that kind of music, now off topic, off the music, I I had a, uh, I went on Instagram live yesterday with Ben Baller, and Ben Baller's been a, a, uh, since the MySpace days, Ben Baller's been, you know, like an acquaintance that turned into a friend, somebody that's always been like that older brother that comes and goes. Ben Baller was the one that got my credit straight. Ben Baller was the one that told me how to invest like his advice benefited me. And I can, I, I will always have respect for Ben Yang. Real talk. And he grew up in Koreatown, the same area I grew up in, in the vicinity of that area. MacArthur Park, K-Town, it's all within a mile away from each other. He's been nothing but very supportive in in my journey and what I do. And last night when I went on Instagram Live with him, he asked me, he goes, yo, bro, there's like 600 people watching, right? And he's like, yo, bro, you got to be honest with me. You know, and I always come, I always shoot straight forward. I'm like, what? what's up, Ben? What's going on? He goes, why am I getting messages after messages after messages of people telling me that you're not taking your photos? <laughs> and I, I couldn't hold a straight face. So I sat there and I was like, what are you talking about? That makes no sense. Like, <laughs> I literally have a digital camera that has every single photo on there. I, and I showed him, he goes, he goes, yeah, but you could have just bought that. He goes, what the hell's going on? Like, why are people coming out? I'm like... You can't. You can't convince a hater. I mean, you can. You can't convince a hater to to, to follow your path and your lead. I mean, they, they can probably dislike you for whatever reason. I got into this photography thing about a year ago. Prior to that, I was treating my Instagram page like a Tumblr. I wasn't even. I wasn't even like. Telling people that I was taking photos, I was just posting fucking dope pictures with quotes underneath them i was treating it like a fucking tumblr and then it caught wind so i sent ben a a dm message and i said ben look so i i I put the camera towards my 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 canon eosr and i was scrolling through all the pictures that are on my page and he replied back man these motherfuckers out here are so weird bro like they literally have the time to hit up ben yang ben baller (laughs) To tell him not to fuck with me when he's been knowing me for years and years and years. (laughs) That's why I sat there and I laughed. No matter what you do, and I've noticed, I can have a thousand followers on Instagram, 500 followers on Instagram. I could take everyone's photo and post on that page. Nobody would give a fuck but because i have thirty-three point five hundred, thirty-three thousand five hundred 33,500 followers plus you got celebrities that follow me too like yg russell peters ben baller estevano royal um who else a couple basketball players pro basketball players follow me on there too the alchemist um who else follows me there, there's there's more there's more ramirez uh Some other underground rappers that follow me also, but they 're pretty big in the scene d savage like there, there's a lot of you you have a lot of these celebrities so called celebrities you know that that are in the hundreds of thousands plus more that follow me on instagram so i think it's because i think it 's because I have that that viewership, so a lot of other people just start following me and they just try to they they try to take away what i 'm trying to do as a passion and hobby. And I'm not the type of guy that if I take a photo, I post in my story and I say, hey, go ahead and repost this, comment under this, do this, do that. I never do that. I just post the photo with a quote and if, if the algorithm catches on to it, the algorithm catches on. Simple as that. I, I'm not. And plus, when I have people that come on my page and just start talking shit, I just completely ignore it. Simple as that. I ignore it. I block them. I swipe left, delete. I mean, it's my Instagram page. I could do whatever I want on it. I mean, it, it and it just it, it baffles me. Like, I had this one person, right? This girl. She bought, actually, one of my prints. She bought a 20 by 30 print. And there was a photo of Nipsey Hussle, right? It was a photo. Fo- I'm a big fan of Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. I just posted a photo of Nipsey Hussle that I thought it was dope of him throwing up his neighborhood. And underneath that, I put rest in peace. And then on the second photo on the slide was my photo of the actual hearse that was going through his neighborhood on Crenshaw. And I took a photo of it with somebody pouring over a a Miller High Life. So I, you know, I, I took that photo like the week that he passed away and I shot it with my iPhone. So somebody was like, you didn't take that photo of Nipsey Hussle and started like screenshotting, made a fake profile about me. She passed out my fucking number, you know, because as dumb as I was, I gave her my personal number on the Internet. Amateur fucking mistake. Don't ever do that. Don't ever give someone your phone number over on Instagram, no matter how cool they are. If you want to give anybody your phone number, give them the, the Google free number, the text free number. It works just the same. Just don't give them your iPhone or Samsung number. Because somebody like myself, man, I was getting blown up like crazy. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? She writes me this huge paragraph telling me that I'm stealing photos. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, you know what you did. (laughs) What did I do? (laughs) I'm over here chilling at my house, making breakfast, and she blew up on me at 10 a.m. She goes, that photo of Nipsey Hussle. Oh, okay. What photo of Nipsey Hussle? She goes, you said you shot that photo. I said, I never said I shot that. Go, Go read the quote. I tagged myself on the photo with the hearse going down the street. People want to believe what they want to believe. And it's interesting to me that when I get, like, I'll give you an example. If I get somebody on Instagram that says, that has no profile picture, doesn't have a name, doesn't, it's not even a real person behind the profile. It's somebody that's a troll. We're going to expose him. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But who are you? Who are you to expose someone else? Like show a face if you're going to try to expose someone. Show a face behind that fake profile. And it's always these foo pages. It's always these Instagram profiles that have no solidity to it. There's nothing behind it. Who is that person behind that? Who's the admin running that Instagram page? We don't know. So we're just going to go off of screenshots and you subjecting negativity over another individual? Okay. Block. Swipe left, delete. It's So stupid. So fucking stupid. Like, is that... I'm surprised that it just goes to show that the dopamine levels of the addiction of Instagram, what it does to certain individuals... It's really sad, seriously. When I see like hater stuff like that or somebody screenshotting somebody's profile, posting it on their story, I'm like, yo, put that energy towards something positive for you to incur an income for yourself. You literally sat there and you have screenshots of my face in your photo album. Think about that. I want you to think about that. You have screenshots of my face and my Instagram profile in your photo album. I'm just like, I'm baffled. I'm like, wow. I, I guess I have to take in to the fact that I'm on a certain plateau. I'm on a certain level now. I'm in the 33,000 crowd. There's a lot of people that know me like because of my work. There's a lot of people that know me because of my work. And ever since I've been telling myself, you know what? I'm going to start photo shooting Los Angeles police department. I've started doing that. And it's been such a challenging thing to do. People think it's easy. It is not easy at all. If you think walking up, to an officer that has somebody detained in handcuffs and walking up within one feet to taking a photo, like an artistic photo and walking off, it's the most difficult thing ever. It's not... The easy thing to do is go take photos of models. Go take photos of lowriders. That's the easy thing to do. But taking a photo of an actual officer, like, you have to be prepared to be confronted by that officer. It's happened to me a couple times. But then there's some officers that have seen my work because I put the energy out there. Oh, excuse me, officer, I do journalistic work to bring the brighter side of what LAPD does for the city because all we hear is the complete negative. So I started doing that. I started taking photos of LAPD. And it's been catching wind that there's been a lot of officers that followed me on Instagram and want to tell me and send me a direct message that says, hey, we're really liking what you're doing. Thank you. That's the most amazing feedback ever. I'm waiting for LAPD HQ to follow me on Instagram. I have the celebrities that follow me, but LAPD HQ to follow me, that'd be great. I'd be like, wow, that's, 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 that's cool. Yeah, you're going to get the people that say, fuck cops, fuck 12, fuck this. All right, cool. All right. That's your opinion. As an American citizen, you have the right to say whatever you want to say. I say, fuck a bad cop. Not a good cop. That's that's my take on it. Somebody that abuses power and abuses the law. Yeah, fuck that person. That's a shitty move. Because what they're doing is they're, they're putting a bad stigma on the ones that are doing the job correctly. And doing it for protecting the community. And I always tell a lot of youngsters that follow my Instagram page. I said, don't ruin your record by as far as getting a felony or getting a misdemeanor. It's not worth it out here in these streets. It really isn't. I honestly think that if you want to get into law enforcement and you really want to patrol the streets, become a law enforcement. Become a cop. You get paid really well. You get benefits. You get to wear a bulletproof vest with a gun to protect the community that you grew up in. Listen to me when I say this. To protect the community that you grew up in. Majority of the cops that I bump into that are complete dicks to me because they come up very arrogant. They didn't grow up in the community. I can tell off top. I can tell off top. They did not grow up in South Central. They did not grow up in downtown Los Angeles. They grew up in the outskirts of Los Angeles and they come in and they're following the procedural rules of what a police officer is. But let's change that. Why don't I want to see more people from the community to support their community. I think that's the best thing ever, and I, I'm, I'm starting to see a change on it. Majority of the officers that I've been bumping into lately are from the actual community. They said, I grew up here my whole life. I didn't get involved in gangs or taggers or whatever it is, but I want to protect my own community and protect the city of Los Angeles for which I love. I think that, I, I mean, you can't, you can't hate on that. If you if you're a person that hates on that, then I I feel really bad for you. Then you got some you got some self awareness you need to fix. Because I can't dislike or hate an officer that wants to protect a community. No, hell no. What? Who are you gonna call? I'm gonna give you an example. There's a lady walking down the street on Alvarado. She gets attacked by a homeless man that's fucked up in his mind. He has a knife on her and attacks her. Who the hell is going to come and rescue her? The gangs that are not in the area? <laughs> you, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, put, paint that picture. Obviously, the police are going to come and come help that lady out. Or come help that man out. Or a little kid. Or whatever it is. You, you guys have to think grown about this. And the people that think that there's gangs in LA, yeah, there's some gangs in LA, but it's not like it was before. And let me tell you. I drive through maybe eight different barrios through downtown Los Angeles. I you don't see shit anymore. You you barely even see the hit-ups. You and it's true. I I can't make this up. All you see is all you see is the 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 people that live in that community and all you see is the kids, you see a lot of homeless. I see more homeless than gang members. And that, that can maybe be a good thing. There's a lot of gang members that, that, that came out of prison. They say, man, fuck this shit. Shit's watered down. They get a full-time job. They work and they make money and they take care of their family. They don't give a fuck about that shit because that was a, that was a phase. That was a certain time and it died out. It's, it, it, it's what it is. It was at its peak in the 90s. It was completely at its peak in the 90s. Gangs in LA have always been there, but it was at its peak in the 90s. I, I even look at the, the gang unit officers when they cruise through the city, and sometimes I'll kind of like trail a, a, a very long distance to see if they'll pull over somebody. Nothing. There's nothing There's nothing. If you do see one, it's maybe one or two kids that maybe in their early 20s or late teens that are hanging out, smoking, getting high, don't even know what the fuck they're doing. Organized gang crime was happening in the 90s. I mean, it was all over the news. It was on the news like every other day. Like, it it was recruitments. You know, it's, cops, cops can bust guys 24 hours on the clock and and not, not fill up the jails. How many gang members were out in the streets? So you got to ask yourself, this is, if you're a teenager and you're hanging out with some guys like that, try to disconnect yourself. Don't let them peer pressure you into do some shit. Don't. Don't ruin your record, especially to you ladies out there. Stay confident to yourselves, keep your chin up. Life life is not easy. Life is very difficult. But you know what? That's what makes it better. Is to overcome your challenges because let me tell you the reprise from that feels much better than anything that's completely hand-given to you. When you, work some, when you work for something hard and you get that paycheck and you go buy something, you cherish that even more and that's a good thing to have inside you. Don't give up on your passions and goals. Consistently keep those. Consistently keep on having those goals and passions so you can maybe turn it into something in life because you don't want to be 60 years old and said, fuck, I wish I did that. It's like myself, right? I'm doing film photography. I kept on putting it off. No, I'll go tomorrow. I'll go tomorrow. No, you're going today. You're going to go out today and you're going to shoot photos today. And if you don't catch anything, well, you know what? At least you can go home and say, hey, I tried. Don't give up. You got 24 hours in a day. I know we get tired and we get lazy and we start looking at our phones and scrolling. Do your passion, whether it's culinary arts, whether it's photography, whether it's drawing, whether it's um. Trying to get into law enforcement, whether it's a videographer, whatever it is, even podcasting. I just, I, I like to see people succeed in their passions and hobbies. That was the whole reason why I got on Instagram in the beginning back in 2011. You had to have an iPhone 4S to get on Instagram at that time, and everybody was taking like very unique photos. This was even before ViscoCam even came out, that application, ViscoCam, where you add the fade on the photos and everything. We were just using filters that uh, that that came with Instagram, and I remember we used to dislike we used to dislike the in- other Instagrammers that take pictures of food. Remember when that was a thing? Oh my God! Here we go again—another food picture, another food picture, another cat picture, another food picture. It was cool. Like we used to take photos of like different angles, buildings, and like the way the sunlight hit. Nobody was taking photos of gang members and stuff like that. Like nobody was posting that shit in that little square box. And it was cool. This is like before DMs, before getting on Instagram Live. It it was so simple. You post a photo, you like and comment, that's it. Done. I wish we can go back to that. Now it's becoming super freaking technical. DMs, you got primary, you got general, going on Instagram Live, doing boomerangs, doing this, doing that. It's it's too much. It's too much. That's why I, I try to keep it as simple as possible for my community that supports me on Instagram. And I want to give a shout out to my community because when I first made my first print, I was so intimidated to post it up on my story. And I said, man, nobody's going to buy this. My homie hit me up and he's like, bro, you better post that fucking print up, man. And be, people will buy that. I was like, I don't even know. I probably won't even sell it for like 15, 20 bucks. He goes, what? He goes, "Try, try to find something like this in Ikea. He said, you better not sell it for that low. It's as your art. You sell it for over a hundred bucks. Easy. I was like, okay, fuck it. What do I got to lose? I started posting up my first prints, right? 150, 200 bucks. Yes. People were buying them. I was like, yo, this is insane. I, it was, I was like, what the heck is going on? Like I was taking cash app orders. I didn't even have a website up. And I was posting, I was like, hey, if you guys are interested in this print, DM me. And people were DM me, hey, how much? This is how much it is. Some people say, oh, it's a little too high. Okay, no problem. Hey, much love and thank you for the support. Some people would say, hell yeah, because it's a print that you're going to have forever. You're not going to get rid of it. What's 100 bucks for having something forever? You spend 200 to 150 bucks to maybe even $90 for a pair of shoes. I mean, Chuck Taylor's cost like 60 bucks. But how long do those last? You know what I'm saying? But art lasts forever. A picture that's caught in time by somebody like myself that grew up in the community you have hanging on your wall. I think that's super dope. And it's a conversation starter, too, when somebody walks into your place. Dang, where'd you get this photo from? Oh, yeah, still brazy. You know, he's uh, he's he's a journalist photographer in the community. I think it's so dope. The most I made in one day, I made thirty five hundred, close to $3,500 in one day just selling prints. The place I was getting printed, I was like, my God. He's like, I've never had this many orders for one person that doesn't have a website. <laughs> so I guess I that says something. And it tells me to, you know what? Don't take this money and go buy all this nonsense shit. Go buy a watch. Go buy this and that. I want to take the money that my supporters have supported me on and invest it right back into something to give you guys. For instance, like this podcast and like the microphone that I'm talking out of and how I'm going to have a consistent schedule every Friday to drop a podcast. To how I invested into getting back into film photography because there was a lot of my supporters that were like, yo, still brazy, where's the film photography at? Like you got a digital camera, your photos are dope, but we want to see some 35 millimeter I said, cool. So I invested into a camera and I went out there and I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to shoot 35 millimeter to LAPD. I'm going to shoot, photo shoot LAPD with the 35 millimeter camera. Who's doing that? Nobody's doing that. The way I shoot Los Angeles police department with a 35 millimeter camera. What? For how close I get. Yeah. Anybody can shoot from a distance. Of course. (laughs) I honestly think it's super dope. I think it's super dope. And my, I, my, my ongoing supporters, my day one supporters, my day two, my day threes, my day fours, have supported me and consistently see the journey. And they consistently get hit up by haters all the time. Why do you fuck with him? Why do you do that? But my supporters just ignore all that negativity. They say, we know what you're doing. Keep on doing it. We support you. That spoke to me, man. Wow, that really spoke to me. And on top of that, too, I have LAPD officers that hit me up in the DM and said, "We really like what you're doing. How much for a print?" I said, "What? You want to buy my print?" And a Los Angeles police officer wants to buy my print. That's follow me on Instagram. That's spreading positivity to the department about me and what I'm doing with my vision. Yo, that's 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 extremely dope. That's extremely, extremely dope. Because they do follow me on Instagram. And I post the gritty side of Los Angeles. I'm just saying, like, um, I definitely have a vision for something. I definitely have ideas that sprout through my brain every single day. It's how I execute them. And I feel like whenever I execute certain things, as far as photography goes, as far as art goes, it's a little bit ahead of its time. And I think that some people just don't get it yet. You get what I'm saying? Like like when I used to be a complete troll on the internet, like a hardcore troll, back in 2016, I was making like, I was taking cholo pictures and putting, give him his gang name. I was doing that in 2016, 2015. When I was clowning on all those guys from Night of the Blacks again, because they were like, 16 years old acting like it was 1979 cholo activist movement I was clowning on these guys trolling the fuck out of them and people would just die on laughter this is before all the foo pages before all the Fools gone wild pages all that I started all that give him his gang name what city is he from but then I didn't want to you know I didn't want to pursue that I didn't want to be on Instagram to just just start being a a jokester i could do it trust me i have i have the gift of talking shit (laughs) people tell me all the time like man how do you come up with this stuff like hot dog water you smell like oil off the tortilla pan (laughs) like i could come up with it it just comes to me but i don't want to i want to do something more than that and i want to just stay true to the art true to myself and consistently do this photography I had no idea. Like, if you were to tell me back in the early 2000s, yo, bro, 20 years from now, we're going to have a uh, platform called Instagram where you could share all your gangster photos and people would go ape shit over them. What? If you were to tell me back in 1999 that there was going to be a platform, like, what are you talking about? I'm not going to take my camera anywhere. The fuck? Now everybody, every single buddy that that, uh, is on Instagram, everything's like, oh, my God, is that taken from the 90s? Is that from the 90s? Oh, my God, I love the 90s. I love the 90s. Everything is just 90s, 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 90s. I mean, you got to the point where you got young girls like 18, 19 years old that are dressing like clown cholas. Like cholas back in the day never used to dress like the cholas that you see now cholas never used to wear vans with dickies this is, never was a thing back then like these girls are clowns it's like cause it's like it's halloween cosplay all year around and i'm like oh my god and they're throwing up the west side and they're in a low rider and they look like a vampire slash goth goth slash chola slash vampire all that makeup will fuck up a white tee It's keep me away from that crowd, please. Keep me away from the, the that crowd. And I don't understand it. Like these guys that are coming up, popping out of nowhere and they're gang members in their twenties, like what? Stop. You're a rapper, you're a gang member, like stop. That's so it's so corny. It really is. It really is corny. And plus I've been noticing some of these rappers too that are going out saying, yeah. On hood, we're going to give back to the community. We're going to give back to the community. We're going to give them some Arrowhead water and some Little Caesars pizza. All right. That's, that's nice of you. You're filling up empty, em- empty holes in the stomach. That's cool. Hey, that's cool. But then every time you do it, you have a camera on you. Why? And then when you do do it, you post it on Instagram. And when you don't get enough likes or love off of it, you start hating the community that follows you. What? And then you contradict yourself when you're in the rap video talking about holding a pistol, smoking a fat blunt. I guess the smoking the flat blunt, it's cool. Drinking promethazine, like destructing your community that you're supposedly helping behind the scenes. That, that, that shit is so clown to me. It's just what people do for clout. What people do for clout. If you help somebody, don't try to get recognition from other people just because you helped another man or another woman. Do it from your own heart. You don't need to have a fucking camera on you all the time. That shit is so disgusting to me and I and I and I see right through that shit. Especially the time when they tried helping the corn lady. Hey, that's cool. You go up to her and you make sure that she's okay. Cool. You have to document it, post it on every fucking page. That's so stupid. And now nobody even talks about the corn lady anymore. She just made 25000 dollars off of offer off of a, a GoFundMe. Nobody gave a shit before. All the years of corn ladies and, you know, the guys with the ice cream and the the uh, whatever it is have been getting jacked all these years. But just this specific one corn lady got jacked. Up oh. dun 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 dun. We're here to come to the rescue. Let's start a GoFundMe account. Let's start this. Let's start that. Just for one person, just so they can get likes and views on Instagram. That's all that matters. Is the follows, the views, and likes off Instagram. But do you see them out there back to back to back every single day helping out other corn men and corn ladies? No.
1: They only do,
0: like I said, it's, it's, it's pretty it's pretty shitty. I mean, they could do whatever they want, but I don't support it. No, I'm good. I don't support that movement. Uh-huh. The goodness of your heart does not need to be recognized by others. The good the, the goodness of your heart needs to be recognized by your by your own soul. That's the best recognition you can get is helping somebody and getting that that burst of that feeling, you know that goosebump feeling when you help someone out? That's that's the feeling you want to get. Not, oh, we, we we out here, man. We out here. We over here giving out to the community on hood, on hood. Why you talk like that, first of all? You sound un- uneducated. That's one thing that disgusts me, is hearing somebody that's supposedly from the hood. Because let me tell you something. I was born and raised in the, in the, in the barrio my whole life. In downtown Los Angeles. And listen to the way I talk, educated. On hood, you know, this, and that, dropping the N word here and there. Ah, disgusting. Trashy. There's no class. Where's the class at? There's no class. It's disgusting. Hey, and if people want to support that, more power to you. Me? Nah, I don't want to support that. I want to support somebody that's classy, that knows how to, that knows how to converse with the community and their supporters. And I think that's really cool. I think it's really cool that I can play as that older brother figure on social media because there's a lot of youngsters that follow me on social media. So I have to set an example by doing that. I saw my age group that follows me on social media. It's like 16 to 24. That's like what follows me on social media. So I want to tell you if you're listening, do something with your life, invest in your own education, invest in yourself. Don't get up out the chair and try to be one of these non-ethical, immature, lackluster rapper. Don't do that. If you have something to rap about, then rap about it. Don't sit here and talk about, I got bitches, I got guns, I got flaws, I'm this and that. You know, when you come, when you sip on that, fuck a bitch, and you know. Every time I hear fuck a bitch on a rap, I'm like, uh, oh, turn off. Power off. Next. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't wanna... that's uneducated rap is not my thing. I can't do it. It's not for me. mm You are who you kick it with. Somebody told me that one time. You hang around with people that have money, you're gonna have money. You hang around with broke people, you're gonna be broke. Don't hang around with the people that use you. Hang around with the people that value your time. That's the That's the key. Hang out with people that value your time. That's the that's definitely the uh, the key. And if you're an introvert and you don't have any friends, hey, so what? Follow me on Instagram. I'll be your social media friend, because <laughs> I respond to everybody that hits me up in my direct message. I I just got to say that the community has been supporting me. Highly, and it's been such a beautiful thing. And especially, they've been telling me every single week when is the podcast dropping? Well, here you go. This is the second episode. I, and I got to say, thank you. Thank you again. And every episode, I'm always going to end it off with saying a thank you. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for supporting my journey. Thank you for listening to me talk. Thank you for supporting my photography. Thank you for seeking to understand what I'm trying to do. Thank you for that. Much love and respect, everybody. I'm out.